I think it would be safe to say this morning that everyone has a multiple, multiple scars on their body. Would that be safe to say? Most of us don't realize and don't think about it, but scars are a natural part of life, and everyone has at least a few. Some scars are deep and ugly. Others are shallow and may even fade as we get older. But something we've probably never thought of before. Our scars tell us the story of our life, don't they? Our scars tell us the story of our life. And before we reflect on that any further, let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the life that you've given us on this planet. Thank you for opening our eyes to our sin and to our need of Jesus Christ. Thank you for allowing us to see the grace that we need every day of our lives. And Lord, I pray that as I speak your words today, that they would challenge us, encourage us as we think about stewardship. In Christ's name, amen. As I said, our scars tell the story of our lives. Some scars bring back good memories, even if there was pain involved. I have numerous scars caused by sports I played, bike wrecks that I've had, and just living life as a young man. And one of, my, one of the scars that uh, I hold most dear is one that I carry. I can't see it very much any longer on this little pinky right here. Uh, because this scar tells me how much my dad loved me. When I was about nine months old, they lived in a trailer, a small trailer, and my dad was carrying me on his shoulders to take me back to go to bed. And being a nine-month-old and messing around with my dad, this, uh, by the way, I didn't, I didn't remember all of this. Okay, this is what's been relayed to me over the years. I threw my hands up, and in the low ceiling of the hallway, there was the air intake vent. For the, for the air conditioner, and my finger went into that vent, and he did not know it and kept on walking, and basically sheared all the skin down to the bone all the way here on my... But you say, how, how, does, how does that bring, help you understand that your dad loved you? Because my dad was carrying me on his shoulders. My dad was taking care of me and loving me, and my dad has demonstrated that love for over 60 years now. But it started at nine months of old where I look at this scar and I'm going, you know, God gave me a good dad. You see, so, so our scars can uh, bring back good memories even when there was pain involved. Some scars tell stories of a person's life of hard work. They don't bring back good memories or bad memories. They just testify to you just did some really good hard work. And you got scars for that. Then there are scars that tell stories of hard and difficult times in our lives. They remind us of bad decisions we've made, of the cost of being self-centered and prideful. They remind us of the consequences of our sins. They remind us of the consequences of sins others have committed against us. And all of, our, all of us have scars like that. There are different types of scars. There are physical scars. Emotional scars, mental scars, and spiritual scars. Our scars, as I said, tell the stories of our lives, 
And the greatest story that many of us here have this morning is the story of God redeeming us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? That's the greatest story. Our redemption from sin means we offer our lives as living sacrifices because that is the only real way we have to worship God as we thank Him for His grace and mercy that brought us to salvation. Our salvation brings a whole new role to our lives, the role of being a Christ follower. The role of a Christ follower literally changes a person's life for all of eternity. And just like every other role that we occupied, there are stewardship responsibilities as God's redeemed saints. And I want you to understand something, that that greatest story that we have, that new role that we have because of the grace of Jesus Christ opening our eyes to the gospel, because of the responsibilities we carry as Christ followers because of that role, those responsibilities that we have as Christ followers are going to cause us scars. We cannot live the life of a Christ follower without scars because of our belief in Jesus Christ. Reflect on that for just a minute. It is important for us to realize that our stewardship responsibility as Christ followers were add scars that tell the stories of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Sometimes there'll be emotional scars. Sometimes there'll be physical scars. Sometimes there'll be spiritual scars. But all those scars we get because we are in the role of a Christ follower, because we live for Jesus Christ, we're going to have scars that give testimony to us as Christ followers. Our stewardship scars will tell stories of loving sacrifices given in the protection of those who are less fortunate than we are. Our stewardship scores, scars will tell stories of hate and persecution and even violence against us because of our faith in Jesus Christ. And as I said, these scars may be physical, emotional, mental, or spiritual, but whatever type of scar they are, we must understand that the scars will be a part of our loving, lovingly offering our lives as spiritual sacrifices to God. We don't look at those scars as, as something that we... Uh, uh, that are ugly to us, they are scars that we take as being lovingly offering our lives to Jesus Christ. When we say, Lord God, you take my life, you do with it whatever it takes, whatever you need me to do, I will do it no matter what scars it brings into my life. If you are here this morning and you do not claim to be a Christian, I hope and pray that what you hear will help you understand why those who are Christ followers respond the way they do to the scars that come or that accompany our faith in ways that lead us to worship. Our scars for Jesus Christ lead us to worship. Our scars for Jesus Christ show how God is working in our lives and growing us. Our scars in Jesus Christ bring us here every Sunday morning so we can bow before Him and sing praises, look at His Word, because we are Christ followers. The Apostle Paul's life in Christ sheds light on our stewardship scars of a Christ follower. So if everybody would turn with me to, please to Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. I like how the Holman Christian Bible puts it. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, because I bear on my body, what? Scars for the cause of Christ. 
Paul helps us understand that scars come when we live for Christ. As a servant of Jesus Christ, Paul bore the scars of his stewardship. Galatians was written to address a desperate situation. The church was beginning to listen to the Judaizers. The Judaizers were Jews who had made a profession of faith in Christ, but taught that that profession of faith had to be combined with portions of the Mosaic law still, if you really wanted to be saved. So they, had to, they added to their law the gospel. And Paul's saying, no, that's not what is supposed to happen. These false teachers were changing the gospel Paul had taught and were attacking Paul's apostolic authority. And this letter, this letter to the Galatians is an, from Paul is an emphatic statement of salvation from our sins by faith apart from works and also a defense of his apostleship. And so look at chapter 1, verse 6 of Galatians. Just turn back there a minute. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. And I just want to walk you through a little bit here so you get the idea of the letter. Look at chapter 1, verse 6. And here's where Paul is saying, why are you moving away from the true gospel? He says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, the gospel of the Judaizers, not the gospel of Paul that Paul taught. And so we understand that's why Paul is addressing or writing to the Galatians because of this problem. And then drop down to chapter 1, verse 10. And here we see that Paul is considering himself a servant of Christ. For I, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And he's basically saying, I am serving God. I am serving the true gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a servant. And as a servant of Christ, he makes it clear that Christ's followers are justified before God, not because of works that they perform, but only because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And we see that in chapter 2, verse 15. Chapter 2, verse 15. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, so that we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law, because by works of the law no one will be justified. And he's saying, uh, Christ followers, those who uh, believe, have faith in Jesus Christ, are justified. You say, well, what is justified? What does that mean? That is a very important theological uh, term. We don't have time to go into it this morning. That's a, like two sermons, maybe three if you know me, okay, all on its own. But justification is the act. It's a legal act. It's a legal term. It's an act of God where He declares a sinful person, where He declared sinful you and I, to be righteous through the person's faith in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He says, everybody stands guilty before me because of their sins. Multiple sins. Thousands of sins throughout their lifetime. And he says, but you believe in my son Jesus Christ. You believe that he died for you on the cross and shed his blood for you. He says, then I will make you legally right with me. I will justify you. I will do away with all the, all the, the wrath that I have towards you because I place it on my son and I will make you righteous before me. Think about that. 
You and I stand righteous before Jesus Christ. In the righteousness of Christ. That is so awesome. Because we don't deserve that in any way. But that's just what justification means. And we see that also in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by what? Faith, we have peace with God. We are justified by faith, not by what we do, not by the law, not by works, but by faith alone. We have peace with God, which means all His wrath is turned aside because we stand righteous before Him. Through whom? Our Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way to be right before God except through Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is dealing with here because the Galatians were changing he makes this point again in Galatians chapter 5. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 2. Galatians chapter 5, verse 2. For freedom from Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, because that's what the Judaizers were saying, that they had to be, still had to be circumcised, the Gentiles, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace, for through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. And look at verse 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. That is the only way we're made right before God. Paul is being clear here in Galatians to, the, to his readers. Faith in Jesus Christ is the only way to be made right before God, and that is still the way it is today. That has not changed. And as he closes his letter, he makes it clear the reason these false teachers are adding to the works, works to faith is because they, will not, they don't want to be persecuted. I want you to understand. Look at chapter 6, verse 12. Chapter 6, and look at verse 11. He says, see with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand. Paul, a lot of time, had people write for him as he dictated because most scholars think that Paul had some issues with his eyes. Some think that this uh, comes or refers back to his uh, Damascus Road encounter with God. Okay, and so he could not see well, and he says, I'm writing this with my own hand. Basically, he's saying, this is important enough for me to write with my own hand. It is those the false teachers, the Judaizers, who want to make good, a good showing in the flesh. They want to be looked at as being right with God in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised. And only, why are they doing this? And only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. He goes, they want to change the gospel. They want you to change the gospel. They want you to become like them. Because you see, if they still could get the Gentile believers to act like Jews, then they wouldn't have to be persecuted like Christ followers. The only reason why they're teaching this separate gospel is so that their motivation wasn't to bring people to Christ, wasn't to help people understand Jesus Christ. It's because they wanted to be religious without persecution. And as he closes his letter, he makes it clear that there's going to be persecution. Paul says, 
In verse 14, look at what he says in verse 14. But far be it from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. I no longer belong to the world. I belong to Christ. And he only boasts in the cross of Jesus Christ and he's only going to bear the scars of Jesus Christ. Now let's look at our passage. It brings us up to Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. I want to read it again. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus Christ. Paul offers the final proof that his message, his gospel is the true message. He says, my gospel is the true message because I bear the marks of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I bear the scars, the emotional scars. I bear the spiritual scars. I bear the physical scars of being a Christ follower. And the false teachers want to have nothing to do with that. They want to be religious without the scars. That makes us think sometimes, doesn't it? Do we want to be religious without the scars? Do we want to be followers of Jesus Christ only until it costs us something? Hmm. That makes us really think, doesn't it? I'm going to sum up what Paul has been saying. He's saying, let these false teachers trouble me no longer. They changed my message to avoid persecution, but I've been a good steward. I have faithfully served in the stewardship given to me as a servant of Christ, and my proof is I bear the scars of that stewardship. And the word mark here, or scars depending on, on the translation, okay, carries the idea of a brand. Carries the idea, what does it mean to brand something? Like in cattle. And Paul says, I bear the brand of Jesus Christ on my body, on my emotions, on my spirituality, on my growth in Christ, because I have been a good steward of the role that God has given me as the apostle, Paul. So, Paul was, I've said it, Paul is referring to the marks on his body, the marks of his life. And you go, well, what, what did that look like? What, how do we know that? How does, how, where does it say that in the Bible? In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul deals with false apostles who were attacking again his apostleship. And in chapter 11, Paul addresses the external proofs of these false prophets. That they were saying, look at us because we do this. He, Paul is saying, what they're doing is, is useless, okay? And he basically says, because what they say that they've gone through to be these apostles, these super apostles, he goes, I have even more. And he's not trying to boast and saying, look at me. He's just saying, listen, if you want to listen to somebody who says they've been through a lot, listen to me. Listen to me. And so I'd like to have everybody turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, you can see it up, uh, page uh, 1,232. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 23. Verse 23, are they, and that's the false apostles, servants of Christ? I'm a better one. If I'm going to use the standards that they use, okay, Am I a better one? I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. 
Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from all of this, he says, other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches." Paul said, these are my scars. These are my brands. These are, these are what prove that I am a gospel preacher for Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a couple questions. Do you think those things would have caused many physical scars on Paul's body? Yeah, okay. Do you think many of those things would have scarred Paul mentally and emotionally? Absolutely. Listen, I know the, the pressure as a pastor, as a shepherd, wanting, uh, co- being concerned about you, wanting you to grow, desiring for you to grow, walking with you through trials and tribulation. I understand the pressure as the pastor, as a shepherd. But this is one church. Paul says, I have anxieties for all the churches. How many churches did Paul plant? I can't even imagine that pressure. You see, Paul said, these are the proof that I am a steward of the responsibilities that God has given me. Throughout the New Testament, we see Christ followers being persecuted because they are servants of Jesus Christ. It seems that part of the stewardship responsibility of every sermon of Jesus Christ is some type of persecution that leaves its mark, its scar, its brand. And those marks, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, become proof of our being faithful stewards. They become proof of us being faithful stewards. And Paul bore the marks. But the question that we need to ask now is will all Christ followers have stewardship scars? Or was Paul just abnormal? Was Paul just abnormal? Maybe there's going to be some Christ followers throughout history who just kind of had it easy all their lives. They lived for Christ. They loved Christ. They worked for Christ. They witnessed for Christ. And there's some that will not receive any scars. Paul answers this question. Paul says, yes, yes, all Christ followers will have stewardship scars, every single one. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, we read this, you, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life. And he's talking to Timothy, okay, a young pastor. He says, you have followed what I've taught, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all, Lord, the Lord rescued me. Indeed, listen to this, all who desire to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted. All. And he's not just talking to Timothy back in the first century. He's talking to all of us. If 
we desire to live godly lives for Jesus Christ. If we choose to wrap our minds and our hearts around God's word, he says, you will be persecuted at some time in some place. It will happen to every Christ follower. Some will lose their lives. Some, of, some will pay, uh, lose their families by being in prison. And we hear that a lot about the persecuted church throughout uh, the world. Brothers and sisters in Christ who pay dearly. And there are some who won't be persecuted as much or not near as much. And many, and many of us are in that realm. But we still, we will still have scars even in America, even in our communities, even in our workplaces, even in our families, if we choose to live for Jesus Christ, we are going to have scars from that. We're going to be persecuted from that. In other words, Paul is saying all those who desire to live a godly life as a servant, as a steward of Jesus Christ will bear the marks, the scars of their service. Paul wasn't the only one who helps us see that every Christ follower will bear the marks of persecution. Jesus also says that those who belong to him will bear the scars of stewardship. We know that Jesus was persecuted for his stewardship of the gospel. True? Does anybody here have any doubt about that? He was persecuted for being a godly man, doing the work his father had sent him to do. He died on the cross and bears the marks of that stewardship. Jesus Christ bore the marks of the work He was given by the Father to do on our behalf. He bore those. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter, uh, if you look at, excuse me, John 10, 27, then He said to Thomas, remember Thomas doubted? Thomas didn't believe that Jesus Christ had rose from the dead? And he said, so put your fingers here and see my hands, and put your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. What did he use, Jesus Christ himself use, as proof that he did God's work? The scars he received on the cross. The scars he received. And something that many of us maybe forget that he still bears those scars today. Think about this. Where is Jesus Christ right now? In heaven, sitting where? At the right hand of the Father. And if you go all the way, if we go all the way over to Revelation chapter 5, verse 6, it says, And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb. Who is the lamb? Jesus Christ, the last sacrifice for us, standing as though it had been slain. Jesus Christ today still bears the marks of His good stewardship of the Father's work in our salvation. Even today. Then we also hear Jesus, while He was still here, He even says that if we are good stewards of the gospel, we will also bear the scars of stewardship. In uh, John chapter 15, verse 20, remember the word I said to you, this is Jesus Christ, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Ooh, how many here 
believed that Jesus Christ was persecuted for his being the God, being the the gospel savior. And and we think of it uh, the the marks on his flesh from the cross. But if you think about it, how many of his disciples turned from him? You think that was emotional scarring? Think of think of of being heralded as the greatest rabbi around and almost overnight having nobody and having everybody say crucify him. Being lied about. Those all cause scars, true? Jesus is clear, my servants will bear the marks because I bore the mark. Paul and our Lord Jesus Christ make it clear that all Christ followers will bear the scars of stewardship. We already talked last week, we are stewards. We own nothing because God owns everything. We are stewards. Everybody here who is a Christ follower is serving in that role. And in that role as stewards, as servants of Jesus Christ, both Paul and Jesus Christ said, we are going to bear the marks of that stewardship in one way or another. And sometimes we look at scars as being ugly, don't we? Sometimes we look at scars and we don't want them to be visible. So how should we feel about our scars? How should we feel about the scars we receive as servants, as stewards of Jesus Christ's gospel? How should we feel about our scars? First, should they be hidden as if they were a disgrace? No. We've already seen that our scars are proof that we are being good stewards of the gospel that saved us. They are proof we are being good stewards of the grace God has shown us. We've already seen that. Our scars are the brands that we are doing what God has asked us to do. But they're much more than that. The scars caused by our good stewardship are are preparation for eternal glory. The scars we have are preparation for eternal glory. And we see that in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For this light, momentary affliction, does affliction cause scars? Yes. It's preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. They are preparing us for an eternal weight of glory. I'm going to say it later again, but our scars are blessings. Our scars that we often try to run from, that we try to, that we don't want to engage. We are often find ourselves living like the Judaizers who want to be religious, but without the pain of being a gospel light. Our scars help us understand that we are doing what God wants and they our preparation for eternal glory. The scars caused by our good stewardship are proof that we are sharing in the sufferings of our Savior. We offer ourselves as living sacrifices to Christ when we become Christ followers. 
We say, whatever you want to do with my life is okay with me. That is the only thing we have left to offer him. We can't offer him money. We can't offer him anything. The only thing we have to offer him once we see our sin and once we see our salvation is our life. And say, you take everything about me, my very being, everything I have physically, everything I have materially, and you use it for your glory. I'm a living sacrifice to you. And we say that. (coughs) And since it is promised that we will, as we live as Christ followers, that we will be persecuted and receive scars, it shows that we're following the example of our Savior. And we see that in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you. Do not be what? Surprised. When we get persecuted for Jesus Christ because we are living for Him, so often we look around and go like, what's this? Where did this come from? And Peter says, don't be surprised. You've already been promised persecution. You've already been promised scars. You've already been promised if you follow Jesus Christ, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be afflicted. No matter what year it is, no matter what uh, century it is, you're going to be persecuted if you're a Christ follower. He says, don't be surprised about these fiery trials. When they come upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice. How come nobody said amen? We're going to do this again. Don't be surprised when the fiery trials come upon you, but rejoice. That's better. Don't be surprised, but rejoice. Why? Insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are what? Blessed. How many times have we run away from blessing because we don't want to be persecuted for Christ, because we hide behind our fears of what somebody might say or do to us because we're Christians? How many blessings do we fail to receive? Because we try to hide from the persecutions and the scars. The scars we experience for being good stewards allows us to share in Christ's glory, which we've already seen. We also see that in First uh, Peter chapter 4, which is that bigger portion earlier, but rejoice insofar as you as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed, because when His glory is revealed, who's going to be revealed with Him? You and me. When He comes back, who's going to be with Him? We are. Can you imagine that day? The rapture comes and we leave and we celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then when the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, Christ comes in His glory, in His victory, we're going to be with Him. We're going to share in that glorious moment as His children, as His heirs, as His brothers and sisters. 
The scars we experience for being good stewards also train us to comfort each other. We're human. We have emotions. Everyone has emotions. And when these afflictions come, when these persecutions come, and we receive scars, do we need comfort? Are we going to need comfort? Absolutely. We are not some uh, gladiator for Christ that stands and says, bring it on. It's not that we stand and never show emotion or that we don't ever show weakness or that we don't show grief or that we don't show tears. Through these persecutions and through these afflictions, through these fiery trials that we experience as being good stewards of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're going to need help. We're going to need comfort. We're going to need people who understand what we're going through because they're going through it. And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, one, excuse me, verses 3 through 7. If you want to turn there, I'll give you a minute just to turn there on page 1,210 of your Bibles. The scars we experience for being good stewards train us to comfort each other. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings. There we referring back to what we already saw. So through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for your, you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1, uh, 3 through 7. Do you want to walk alongside your brothers and sisters in Christ and be able to help them and comfort them when they are being in the promised persecution? If we have love for each other at all, the answer to that is absolutely. I want to be there. I want to put my arm around them. We can't do that. We cannot understand how to do that until we have also experienced the same sufferings they're going through. Our ministry to each other is hindered when we run away from persecution, when we try to box ourselves in so that we do not experience affliction and persecutions as being Christ followers. It doesn't mean that we go out there and look for it. We don't have to go in and, 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 and put ourselves in front of a bunch of people and say, give me scars. It's just if we're obeying the Word of God, if we are just living day in and day out and taking stands for Jesus Christ. When we speak to people and tell them how the sexual revolution is not part of God's plan for humankind. When we tell them 
all the things that the world doesn't want to hear because they are not what God has designed us to be. We are going to, just in our everyday lives, we are going to be afflicted and persecuted. And because of that, as people comfort us and as we comfort others, we become a unified whole because we understand what each other's going through. And there's going to be times when I'm walking strong and I may not be in a time of so much affliction, but I get to walk along three, with three or four of you and say, hey, listen, I know exactly what you're going through. I've experienced that. And there may be a time when I'm weak, when I'm tired and not handling the things that pastors often get thrown at them. And I have the pleasure and the, the privilege of having people come alongside of me and say, let me pray for you. I have to run from Leslie because she does it in public. Because she'll say, how you doing? And I'll say, I'm doing okay. She goes, no, you're not, I can tell. So she twists it out of me. And she puts her arm around me and says, we're going to pray right now. And I'm looking around like, who else is watching? But you want to know something? That's what it's supposed to be like. Because we understand that we all are going to go through persecutions and we're all going to need to be comforted. And our persecutions and the scars we have help us comfort one another. Let me close with this this morning. As we continue our studies on stewardship, we need to keep in mind that if we're going to be good servants, good stewards of our Lord Jesus Christ's gospel, we are going to have scars because of our service. No way around it. That's just an unalterable truth. Our scars are blessings of good stewardship because we see them as sharing in the sufferings of our Savior. We see them as marking us as Christ followers. We see them as marking us as being good stewards of the responsibility God has given us as His redeemed people. Affliction is hard, and wounds of and the wounds persecution the wounds of persecution for Christ followers are difficult, and they hurt. But the scars that result from affliction and hurtful wounds for the cause of Christ are ultimately beautiful. And tell the world that the salvation from sin through faith in Jesus Christ is worth every scar we take. It's worth everything we have to endure. Let me ask you another question. What stories do your life's scars tell about you? What stories do your life's scars tell about you? Do your scars tell of a story of a life of bad decisions, self-centered, prideful living driven by sinful desires? Because are we going to receive scars from sinful living? Absolutely. Or do your scars tell of a rich story of salvation by faith through Jesus Christ? A story that is repeated day after day by good stewardship that will lead to many scars Scars that mark us as belonging, brand us as belonging to Jesus Christ. Scars that will lead to blessings because of good stewardship. Which one are you? What scars or what story does your scars say about you?
us. I pray that what we have learned here this morning will motivate you to be a good steward of the things we will be studying over the next few weeks. I hope that you understand that as we study about God's Word and being a steward of God's Word and being good, a steward of God's uh, finances, being good, a steward of God's relationships and all the, the stewardship stuff we're going to look at, all those things, as we are good stewards in those things, we're going to receive scars. But they're worth it. Being a good steward is worth it. Being a faithful Christ follower is worth whatever we have to endure because we are going to share in the glories of Jesus Christ at His return. If you're here this morning and you do not claim to be a Christian, a Christ follower, I hope and pray that you have a better understanding of why those who are Christ followers respond to the scars that come into their lives because of their faith in Jesus Christ. You see, life scars, as we've already said, tell two different stories. Scars because of sin or scars because of faithfulness in stewardship to Jesus Christ. I hope and I pray that this sermon, this time together, has brought comfort and encouragement to you, especially if you're going through a difficult time right now because of your faith in Jesus Christ. I pray it's brought comfort to you because knowing that on the other side of whatever you're going through, the scar, whatever level of, of severity that is, is going to be a blessing. It's going to help you be a comfort to others. It's going to brand you as belonging to Jesus Christ. If you are looking at your scars and saying, I have scars that say nothing but of, speak to nothing but my sinfulness. You want to know something? God can change those scars into blessings through faith in Jesus Christ. Because He can forgive everything that caused those scars. He can help you become strong through those scars and through what life led you up to to that point of salvation. And so, as Michelle comes up, if, I, if everybody would bow their heads.